Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us today, which is Friday, December 9th. You know, all day yesterday, I thought it was the 9th. All day, I kept putting the 9th on anything that I was doing. It uh, almost caused me to mess up my work schedule. <laughs> My, um, you know, thinking that I was supposed to be doing clients yesterday that, yeah, are for today. It was kind of an interesting day. Time has no meaning at this moment in time. <laughs> um, you know, I was uh, getting ready for this broadcast this morning. And we actually have quite a bit to talk about. And I really want to change the tenor of my shows, Mondays and Fridays, to include some form of teaching, if you will. And last night, as I was, or yesterday afternoon, whenever it was, as I was planning, I realized, wow, you know, we could start doing um, kind of a, a lesson, for lack of a better word, on the centers in our human design charts and getting a deeper understanding of what the energies are in those centers and what they bring to the table. And we could do that randomly based on the week and where the sun or the earth are sitting, or where both, you know, are sitting if we wanted to do two centers. Today, I'm going to be focusing on the will center, which is one of the more misunderstood, perhaps, uh, centers in all of human design. And I think that's because it has such different names, right? We call it the will center. We call it the heart center. We call it the ego center. And in, at least in my mind, as I was learning human design in the beginning, to me, ego and heart were sort of different things, right? So how can they both be the name for this particular center? So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. And of course, now that the sun is sitting at the gate 26, the gate of integrity, which happens to sit on the will center or heart center or ego center, whichever you're used to calling it, um, it is a great time for us to be able to break that down and talk about it. Now, I had another rando thought in my head this morning, and it's a, every every day that I come on, I say, you know, grab your cup of coffee or your tea. And have I ever told you what I'm really drinking? It's not, it's not beer. It's not wine. It's not random, you know, rum, vodka, whatever. Although, you know, hey, whatever, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. It's five o'clock somewhere on the planet. Um, I'm actually drinking coffee. And you guys should also know that I don't make my own coffee except later in the day that every morning, my sweetheart of a husband makes me a cup of coffee every morning. And it's often a surprise. Like, I don't know what he's doing. I have K-cup coffees, but we also have an electroperk and he sometimes just makes coffee. Well, this morning it is a Fidalgo Bay medium roast coffee with hints of berry. And it's beautiful. This is actually from a bag of coffee that I snatched out of the air at uh, the fair that was way back in September. Uh, my granddaughter is a cheerleader for the Cedra Woolley football team, and the cheerleaders were doing sort of like a competition at the fair. And in between the different groups, uh, Fidalgo Bay, the company, was throwing out bags of coffee. Well, the first bag of coffee gets thrown and it's coming right to me. And I was so excited that I was going to get the coffee. Only the woman in front of me reached her arm at, up, leaned way back, fell in my lap and actually got the coffee. So then 
another bag comes flying in our same general direction. And I'm like, I want this coffee. She goes, I'll get it. So she leaps up, gets it and gives it to me. So that is what I'm drinking this morning. Uh, and Christine, it's funny because we always talk about it. And he said, it's about Hebrews, like Hebrews, the book in the Bible, but it's Hebrews, not she brews, it's Hebrews. So we laugh about that every day. So thank you, my sweetheart, for making me coffee every day. And uh, even on Saturday and Sunday, I mean, seven days a week, this man makes my coffee for me. I love it. Uh, anyway, so today we're going to be talking about the Will Center Heart Center, but also I want to start by talking a little bit about where we are astrologically right now uh, with the moon and then a little bit about Venus and Capricorn. And luckily we have a weekend on tap that's fairly quiet, um, no big transits happening, although we'll be under the influence of Venus squaring Jupiter, which I'll talk about when we get to the Venus part of this. And then I'm going to dive into the third part, which is all about that will center. So this might be a good day for you to have both your astrology and your human design chart, especially your human design chart, if you want to know about your will center and how it's set up. And where is your will center? I'll also be sharing a graphic uh, where we can talk about that. Uh, so good morning to Pam Zaruba out there. She says the full moon is kicking her butt. Uh, I'm not sure what that means, but I bet you'll share with us. Kajella, good morning. Corey, good morning. Christine, good morning. Asa, oh my God, it's great to see you. And Natasha Venter, good to see you. Happy blessings to all, she says. And for all of you who are listening or watching but not um, talking, welcome. So this morning, the moon is in the sign of cancer. One of the best signs for the kind of weekend I'm going to have, which is tomorrow uh, is baking day. Every year, just about two weeks before Christmas, we get together and we bake cookies. We do this at my youngest daughter's house and because she's got the biggest kitchen and she's got this beautiful big island right in the middle that gives us plenty of room to work. And my job is always to decorate the sugar cookies because I don't really like to bake. It's not my thing. But I do like to decorate the cookies, so I get to get my little creative hat on. And, of course, my weekend kicks off tonight with a Christmas party uh, my husband's work does at the bowling alley. So it's a Christmas kind of weekend. So the moon in Cancer fully and authentically supports that kind of get-together. And the moon in Cancer brings up intimacy, right? Our connections to one another and how we share with one another from a sense of compassion, kind of with a soul on our sleeves kind of feeling, right? The really deeply sharing of ourselves with others and tenderness is a part of that and that compassion and that nurturing, wanting to take care of one another, right? My husband certainly taking care of me, bringing me coffee and all of us sort of taking care of one another. Uh, I told you we have a family chat and this morning I went, oh, it's family picture day. Everybody send a picture of yourself. So just doing these little kinds of things brings family together. So soon I was getting text messages of pictures from all the different members of our family that are in this group. So it's that kind of energy that we have all the way through noontime on Sunday. Um, also, moon and cancer brings up the emotions. It's emotional energy. The moon and cancer, moon rules cancer. So we have a great affinity for the energies here. They're, they work well together. There's a sense of moodiness. So possibly high and low 
uh, and all the points in between. And there's sensitivity here where we are needing to be sensitive to others' feelings, but that also we may become very sensitive about things that people say or what happens or the things people do. Um, but there's also intuitive sensitivity here. Water signs have a lot of intuitive capability and cancer is water. And the moon is distinctly intuitive anyway. It takes us on that inner journey where we can discover, you know, what's going on in our outer world by what we're feeling or sensing about it inside. And this is also heart-to-heart -heart energy, the heart-to-heart -heart understanding of one another when someone's feeling down or when someone's feeling joyful or when someone's, you know, struggling with a problem. And it is about our home life, home family, traditions. This is a tradition, right? I told you we're going to be baking cookies. Now, I swear we didn't plan it on December 10th to do it with coinciding with the full moon or with the moon in Cancer. Did not have a clue. It's just always planned for about this weekend uh, in December. But here we have this familiarity with a tradition, right? A tradition that we've established and the, the blessed feelings that come with that, the ability for us to gather and for us to do something fun. And we're not just making cookies for ourselves, right? Those cookies end up getting delivered to all kinds of people, to everybody's workplaces, uh, to everybody's extended families. And it's kind of fun to do this uh, for us every year. And there's beyond home life is that sense of belonging, right? Belonging is huge with the moon in Cancer. It takes us to our roots, even our ancestral roots, right? When we think about Cancer energy, we can think about our genealogy and we can think about our DNA and our genes and the connection that we have through our genes. It is also mother energy, mother nurturing. We kind of bring the moon the moon is feminine, distinctly feminine, and definitely has the connection to the nurturing of the mother. But now in our society today, of course, we have all kinds of people that are mothering, fathers, significant others. And so it can be the more nurturing energy that's brought out in each of us, whether we are of the feminine or not. Now, we have a couple of things to watch out for. As always, with any sign, there's always the dip, right? The, the lower energy of the sign. So we want to watch out for a lack of confidence. The moon in Cancer and Cancer as a sign struggles to have that confident feeling. And sometimes when they have that vulnerable feeling, when they're feeling not as confident, they'll withdraw or hide. So we, you know, crab is the symbol of cancer where we have the hard shell and that big claw and the other claws that could really do some damage but it hides the vulnerable softer side of the animal itself and so we have that as an issue perhaps we're out of a sense of vulnerability we harden a shell around ourselves or we put up a wall between ourselves and others uh, shutting down right that's a part of that experience or we can become defensive, right? We lead with the claw. <laughs> we lead with the, I'm gonna pinch you if you if you hurt me or if you if you don't react well to what I'm saying or doing, uh, which is also hiding a sense of insecurity, which is a part of the negative of this sign. And on the other hand, we also have the potential for smothering, taking mothering to the nth degree where we smother 
our children or our family or our anybody that we feel responsible for rather than being of a nurturing quality we're actually keeping them you know in some kind of a pen or in some kind of limitation and also on the other end an over dependence on others right a failure to really launch yourself out into the world uh, and instead depend on others to take care of you uh, or to, to, you know, hold that foundation for you rather than you branching out and going it out on your own. So I am so excited to see you out there, Debbie. I'm so glad you're home and uh, she's doing well, right? I know she's still having a couple of challenges, but I know with all of us sending her beautiful, loving, healing energy that we can help her get through this period of time. So everybody just take a few moments, focus on Debbie over there in uh, uh, Lynn Haven, Florida, close to Panama City, if you need an idea and just visualize Debbie and just covering her with beautiful gold, white, blue, green, healing light. Help her get back her breathing and heal from her adventures in the hospital. Um, so Michelle, good morning to you. Cancer Moon is perfect for the mermaid meeting up tomorrow with the people in my pod. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's very Neptunian as well. And uh, I, I, Piscean. And there's, you know, Cancer's a water sign. There we have that family get together, right? The mermaid pod. I love it. Uh, good morning, Joan Durchy. It's good to see you too. And let's jump on into Saturday and Sunday no biggie, nothing going on, right? Nothing new going on, I should say. Um, when we get to Venus and Capricorn today, which has moved into Capricorn, will move into Capricorn today. When I checked the chart this morning, Venus was at 29 degrees, 19 minutes of Sagittarius. So she wasn't quite into uh, Capricorn. And yet later today, she will be in Capricorn joining uh, Mercury, who's at four degrees of Capricorn today. <clears throat> and of course, Pluto, completely at the other end of Capricorn uh, at 27 degrees, sitting right on top of my ascendant or right up opposite my ascendant and right on top of my Saturn. Yay. Yay for Team Janet. Uh, anyway, no wonder I get into these moods, right? I get into these, you know, feelings of, of uh, that melancholy, right? And questioning of myself. These are big transits that are happening in my own personal life. On Sunday, the moon moves into Leo, lighting, lightening the energy, right? Bringing a more playful, happy-go-lucky energy to the play. Um, not that cancer is serious or anything like that, uh, but sometimes family dynamics can be difficult, right? And so we might find ourselves dealing with that kind of dynamic. <clears throat> and as well, today, Venus moving into Capricorn can be bringing up some issues, Venus, you know, she'll be spending the next couple of weeks here in the sign of duty and responsibility ruled by Saturn. So Venus and Saturn are kind of uh, tied together for these next few weeks. And in the sign of Capricorn, there's a conservative feeling here. It's not Jupiter driven growth and expansion. It's much more Saturnian boundaries and limits and uh, keeping things in perspective, um, being more conservative in the way that we uh, love, in the way that we spend money, Venus, these are all Venus qualities, 
and the way that we value and and find worth in ourselves. So we're crystallizing, you know, some really interesting energy about less is more. And, uh, you know, I, I have that, I have Saturn in Capricorn. And I remember from the time I was an itty bitty kid that I couldn't stand it when I wasn't allowed to be as out in the world as I wanted to be, right? I, I grew up in a foster home because my mother had had a stroke when I was two. She was unable to take care of us. My older sisters had kids of their own and, you know, lives of their own. So we grew, me and my younger sister, we grew up in a foster home. And I think my foster mother, uh, even though at the time I hated her for this, but I think she was really playing to my Saturn and Capricorn by teaching me about limitation, teaching me about boundaries, because my sister and I, we were not allowed to go out of the backyard to play with the neighborhood kids. They could come into the yard with us, but we weren't allowed outside of the gates. We had gates across our driveway that we had a huge backyard. It's not like we were, you know, in some little teeny tiny cramped place with no place to grow or expand. But I detested those kind of limits. I detested it. And uh, I was always pushing the boundaries, right? I wanted, I'd open the gate and I'd go get the ball that went outside the gate. And then I'd linger out there talking to a friend who happened to be passing by at the same time. Uh, it, it was funny. I would push those boundaries. So when we have a planet like Venus moving through the Capricorn, a sign that really reminds us about limits and boundaries, where do I end and you begin? Uh, we find that it is really about um, expressing the limits of, of where you are. Maybe you're in a relationship, and this is a great time to address this, by the way, in a relationship where one or the other of you are always in the other person's space or always pushing the other person's boundaries. So this time with Venus is a great time to bring up the, this is me, <laughs> that you stay in your lane kind of thing but it reminds each one of us to really be true to ourselves there's a big sense of integrity which is another theme already coming up to us through human design that will be present for the next few weeks while venus is transiting through this sign this is an earth sign capricorn practical down to earth simplicity a a hallmark of this sign, not as much, say, as, you know, a Taurus, maybe not even as much as a Virgo, but simplicity is still key here. And simplicity in keeping your eye on the prize or your eye on the ball, what is it that you're trying to create? What is it that you're doing, right? What is it that you want? What do you desire? And staying aligned with that rather than going off in 25 different directions, right? Getting distracted. But we also don't want to get so narrowed that we can't expand a little if the opportunity presents itself. So keep it simple is a mantra we could have during this period of time. And the focus, of course, then moves to our relationships, our money, our values, business and business dealings. And there's something else interesting about Capricorn that I don't know that we talk about very often. And that's Capricorn is very reputation oriented. It's a sign that needs to be very aware, whether you're a Capricorn or in the house that Capricorn happens to sit in your chart, where you have to be true to yourself. You have to be authentic. You have to be in integrity. There's 
a potential here for a stinking sort of reputation and getting sliced and diced immediately by Saturn if you stray outside of what is right. It's a tricky, slippery slope, right? Because karma isn't always delivered immediately. But you can see, for example, you know, if you are uh, skirting um, standards in your business or in your home or in products you're producing, and products could be, you know, digital, could be real, right? You, you, those kinds of things. When, when you are doing something, what is that saying? If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right, something like that. And that's a very Capricorn kind of ideal. If it's worth doing, if it's worth putting your time, your money, and your effort into it, it's worth doing it right or going the distance with it, right? Not just half-assing it or, you know, just doing it partially, but actually taking it to its completion or taking it to its fullness. So having high standards, right? High standards. And it, it's, you know, it can play out in many different ways and it can play out in your relationship, certainly with Venus here. It can play out in the way that you've built your foundation, right? Is your foundation built on sand, right? A house of cards built on sand soon falls, right? You need a strong foundation. You need to be more discriminating, more discerning in how it is you put yourself out into the world and how you spend your money, how you spend your time, how how much effort you put into your relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, that that covers a wide variety of things and ways in which you can show up. But trust me when I say the focus is really going to be on are you being true to you in the confines of a relationship or in a job or in anything that you're doing right? Or are you doing things to people, please? Are you doing things to make others happy in some way? Are you trying, are you speaking to something that you think people want to hear rather than what you really want to talk about? On and on, right? Those kinds of, of clues. Then we also have Venus in a square to Jupiter. These are the two benefic planets that we think of in human design, but also in astrology, that they come together in a square tells us there's a bit of a challenge between the two. So benefic planets usually are bringing us good things. They smooth the way. Uh, but we have these two planets that have a tendency to overdo. And that overdoing is often fueled uh, by us wanting to get things perfected. And that's coming from the fact that they're square to one another uh, from uh, the sign of of Capricorn to, or it's actually the end of Sagittarius, beginning of Capricorn to the end of Pisces, beginning of Aries. So these two planets, they actually are going to be exact in that square, uh, just as she's moving into the next sign. So we want to, they're both at 29 degrees today of their relative signs, right? Jupiter on the 20th moves into Aries and Venus today moving into Capricorn. So we're already faced with that square right now, right? So the tendency to overdo, over 
uh, commit, over imbibe, over eat, anything you can put over in front of is uh, what we can look at here. And sometimes, again, it's that striving for perfection, right? So we keep doing and we keep doing and we keep changing and we keep blah, blah, blah to try to perfect something that was literally almost perfect right in the beginning, probably, right? But we just keep going. So again, we get another theme here of less is more, right? Less is more. We don't have to keep going and keep doing and keep adding to, keep spending and keep blah, whatever. So be resource savvy. And the reason I say resource savvy is also related to where the sun is on our will centers, because that is the center for managing and allocating resources, including your time, your money, your energy, right? And if we have this tendency right now to want to overdo it, we can overspend, we can overcommit, and that can undermine uh, our energies, right? The will center is not one to be trifled with. This is not a center that you want to blow out your energy because it leads to burnout. It leads to burn up, right? It leads to lots of different other problems. So be resource savvy of your own resources, right? It is a season for giving. I don't want to say that you can't, you have to bring it all in and not give of your time, money, or effort. That's not it at all. But don't do that from a place of not enough for yourself, right? You don't get bonus points by giving away the farm if you still need the farm, right, for yourself. If you haven't enough for yourself, you can't give it all away, right? But you can give away what you can, uh, or you can give your of your time and your money and your resources. Uh, okay, JLo, hello to you. Uh, funny, I was like that also when she was young, like hated boundaries. Uh, my youngest now, I do the same only because of my neighborhood, right? But I grew up in a suburb of Long Beach, California called Lakewood. It was pretty safe, right? I grew up in the late 60s, you know, wanting to get outside and, you know, play. And I hated that idea of boundaries. I hated that, right? And I hated that she was afraid that if something happened to us, she'd be responsible and then, you know, be in trouble for it. So anyway, I get it, right? I do as an adult, I get it. But as a kid, I was like, you're just mean. <laughs> you're just mean. You don't, you don't like, you don't want us to have fun. You don't want us to play. Uh, now I get that my Saturn in Capricorn from birth needed structure, needed form, needed boundaries, needed limits, um, or I would have been all over, right? Good morning to you too, Kathy Miller. It's great to see you out there with us this morning. Uh, now it's time to get your human design chart. Get your human design chart. I'm going to share my screen for a moment. Actually, I probably will share my screen for the rest of the broadcast. So let me transition that over. Mm, share screen. I want to share a tab. And it's the chart builder tab. All right, so what you should be seeing right now is my uh, genetic matrix chart builder mandala. And I wanted to do it live on the screen so that you could see how easy it is to build a chart in genetic matrix. So when you go into this there, uh, let's see if I can go back and show that to you. So when you go back, you see all the tabs, right? These are all the tabs that are available. You'll also see whatever chart is on the screen. This happens to be my own chart. 
um, you'll see something called chart tools. And if you drop down the menu there, you can build a foundation chart, which is what's showing here in my window at the moment. Um, a foundation chart, a mandala, a penta. A penta is how we look at relationships in human design or a sleep chart, which I have no idea why we'd want to build that, but whatever, right? Cool. But I wanted to build a mandala. So if you click on mandala, it takes you to this page, which is where I can then start to choose what it is I want to share on the screen. And what I want to share on the screen is this little itty bitty center off, tucked off to the right that has only four gates on it. And first of all, let me go back really quickly to um, my StreamYard and make sure you guys are seeing that. I see you are seeing it. So chart builder, back to my big screen so I can see this. So we're gonna talk about this little center. And this, this little center called the will center, heart center, or ego center is what we also call a motor in human design. A motor because it has an energy to it that it's always uh, a part of. And the energy in this center is about the willpower to survive in this material or 3D world. So it really does make sense that willpower and the ego would be connected here because the ego is what keeps us aware of you know, what's the direction, what is going to keep us safe, uh, of what we need to do to, to stay in survival energy. Um, so it's the willpower to survive and to um, be able to prosper materially on the third dimensional plane. Okay. And its energy, its motor energy works for rest, uh, and which gives you an idea that it sort of pulses on and then it pulses off. So it's an energy that's not like the sacral. In the sacral, this energy is on all the time. It's always humming. So those of you who have a defined sacral, meaning you're either generators or manifesting generators, or for the other three types, if you're borrowing this energy from people in your lives or from transits that are happening, this is access to sustainable life force energy. It never turns off. But this center does. This center works to rest and then it goes back to work. So it is all about managing and allocating resources, including your own energy, right? Your time um, and including your money. And there is also another energy in this center and that is about worth, right? Self-worth. Now, the heart center is also one of the centers that is very much more open in the population than it is defined. Only about eh, 12 to 20% of the population, I usually say about 16% of the population has this center defined. So if you look at your own chart, if it has color in it, it would be red. And if it's colored, then you have a defined will ego heart center if it's white which i suspect most of you out there have it white then it is open in a defined center you have access to that energy it's authentically you and it is broadcasting from you so if you have it defined you have access to willpower right you have the ability to um, stay using willpower to stay with something to persevere right? There's determination and tenacity here in this center. If you have it open, 
then what you might be doing is borrowing willpower energy from maybe somebody in your life. But you might also get into kind of an invisible competition with the world and get into this energy of forcing things to happen. I'm going to talk more about the open center in just a few minutes. Now, the heart and will center then besides willpower is also a place where we make and keep promises, where we stick to our word. So we also have an energy here that feels a little bit like integrity in the center itself. Never mind that one of the gates on the center is about integrity. But the four gates here on this center are needing for us to express our authenticity. Um, and also our authenticity comes with authenticity comes self-worth, right? But it is the energy also for work. We have to remember, though, that work here is not like the sacral. It can't be, you know, 24-7. This is an energy that if you watch animals play, especially dogs, you'll watch them and they're playing, 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 wrestling around. And then all of a sudden on cue, they'll both just stop or all of them will just stop. Maybe they go over to the food dish and grab a bite or they get some water or they just take a quick nap. And then, like, again, some invisible impulse runs through them and they're back again playing and wrestling around. They're attuned to the natural rhythms and cycles of energy. But for us human beings, we are artificially predisp predisposed to production to keep working and keep going and keep doing and make more widgets and make more things and do more with our time. And uh, that is something that leads us to burnout. Now, if we look at the physiology, the physiology in your body, what does this center affect? For one, it affects the thymus. The thymus is the little gland that sits just above the heart. It's kind of the master gland. It, it works often to regulate our energy in our body. So blowing out the thymus, not good, right? Not good because it is a master gland. Destroying the thymus means that you're destroying your energy, right? You're destroying your ability to live, love, and laugh, for example, right? The stomach is also uh, a part of the uh, physiology in the will, heart, ego center. Uh, the gallbladder, so the whole gall system. And so essentially, if you're finding yourself, um, you know, with, with issues in these areas, it might point toward how the energy is being used incorrectly or not utilized correctly in your energy stream. Also, probably the biggest one of all, the heart. This literally rules the heart. So when we look at our world, and we see that really literally 16% of the population has it defined. And the other, you know, rest of the population, 90, 80% of us do not have it defined. But think we have to keep doing and doing more and doing more and forcing and forcing and being productive. You can understand why heart attacks, why heart problems, why high blood pressure, why strokes are such a problem in our society because basically we're using this energy in this center incorrectly, right? Artificially using the energy of this center incorrectly, I might add, right? It is all, I mean, we could go on into a lot of different the politics of, of capitalism. We could go into consumerism and all of those kinds of things. Um, but primarily it is an artificial way of living.
right? If we were left to our natural devices, we would sleep and eat and work in a natural rhythm that would be offset by periods of rest, and then we would go back to work, right? If you work in a workplace, what, you get two 10-minute breaks and a lunch? Really? But what if your what if your center turns off, right? What if, what if you get tired and and it's not break time, right? Uh, you decide to you know go take a break. Your boss is likely going to come looking for you, and you're likely going to you know catch all kinds of you know what because of it. And of course, that's part of an old paradigm that is hopefully in the process of switching, because it isn't sustainable. Right. Living like that isn't sustainable. Our bodies tell us that all the time. All right. Now, there are four gates on this center, and I want to talk about those briefly, and then I'll go deeper into what is it when it's defined and what does it mean when it's open. So the gate 26 is the one that I'm interested in today because that is where the sun is. Right. The sun is in the gate of, well, this gate goes by many names. I think of it as the gate of integrity. Um, but in a way, if it's part of a circuitry in human design called the economic circuitry. And in that economic circuitry, we sometimes call this the gate of the salesperson or the saleswoman, right? Who has the ability to, um, if they're selecting integrity, to help people see what they truly want, right? To see what they, that, that, the product that I have as the salesperson matches up to your dream or matches matches up to your desires. And then I can close the deal. So that's on a very mundane level. It's the art of the deal, right? The deal. Um, it is connected to the spleen right here, over here at the gate 44, which happens to be right now where we have the south node. So what this does then in our charts is define that whole center or that whole, excuse me, that whole channel the 4426. And the 44, remember, as the south node is what is it that we have to release? The baggage, right? What do we have to release? And it's very clear to me that with the sun sitting here now, we have to release our proclivities of overproduction, of overdoing, of forcing, of competing, of trying to prove ourselves and our worth by doing and doing and doing more and more and more. So I'm going to keep that defined because right now, every one of you, whether you have those centers defined or not, have them defined, <laughs> have them defined and those gates defined because we have planets sitting there, right? The sun at 26 and the south node at 44. Now, if we look at the gate uh, 51, this is the gate we call shock. And by the way, these, this, is an, this is an Aries gate, the 51. So we're going to be dealing with that in the astrology of 2023 uh, because Jupiter is going to be sitting in Aries gates. So we're going to be dealing with shock, whether we want to think about it now or not, we will be dealing with this energy. Now, shock sometimes is delivered in a way that initiates us into a new awakening right, a broadening of our horizons or an expansion uh, towards spirit. If you look at this other end, this gate here, the 25, I'll define it for a moment, uh, is also a place that Jupiter will be sitting as we move into 2023. And it's called the gate of spirit. It's the gate of the love of spirit. So often then shock is really about awakening us to becoming more spiritual, right? Uh, but it is the power to shock us out of complacency, 
right, into places where we've just been hanging out, not doing anything with ourselves, and then causes us to move outward more toward the love of life, living, right, really living our lives. And then as well, moving more toward love, the love of being the spirit in the in the body. And we'll be talking loads about that in the astrology of 2023 webinar, so I don't need to go into it deeper right now, but just understand that on this center is also this energy that shocks us into action, right? And then also on this center, we have the gate of control. Lovely, right? The power here is about managing our physical resources. Um, often in a conversation with someone who has the gate 21, control issues come up right away, right? We know that this person who has this gate defined is often, you know, tightly controlling their environment, their finances, their energy, their time. Plus, they're good at it, right? They're good at managing uh, time and effort. And their job kind of unspoken is about survival of the community, right? Or of the family or of the relationship or of the workplace, right? So people with this energy of control need to understand it's not so much about uh wanting to take and have to having to control everything but understanding that this drive behind this energy is because you're really very good at knowing what it is that needs to be done energetically financially um time wise people wise managing people so we have that gate on this center as well oops i want that to find i want that out and then finally interestingly enough the gate 40, which is called the gate of aloneness, um, or the gate in quantum human design now is called restoration. And I really kind of vibe more with restoration because it's an energy that creates interdependence or is it independence within a community where you are very individually contributing to the community, to the family or to the organization. And it's through this person who has the gate 40s love of work that says, I have these skills, I have these talents, I have these gifts, let me share them with you on the basis of fair exchange, right? Not just let me give them to you and give away the farm, although a lot of people with this energy do it, they just give it themselves away, but there needs to be fair exchange, right? So giving and receiving and the exchange of energy very much prominent in the gate 40. So if you have gate 40, you are likely someone who really is needing to understand that worth here, your worth isn't dependent on just giving away the farm, right? It's dependent on what you have is valuable. What you have is worthy of receiving something in return and then once you've given, once you've done your part, you go into rest. It is this gate that people have defined where they are often pushing the river, right? So they're pushing and they need time to retreat. They need time to restore. They need time to recharge their batteries, but they can get caught up in the doing and the doing and the doing. Now, that is... If you have this energy defined, if you have this center defined, maybe not as bad as it sounds, but even those with definition here 
are eating away at their vital energy every time they go and go and go without rest. And if you have this center open, you're not designed with that kind of perseverance in the first place. So if you're displaying that kind of perseverance, it's because you're borrowing it from the universe, if you will, the universal bank of energy, or from the energy of the people around you, and are even more likely to burn out because of it. All right, I'm going to go back over here to StreamYard real quickly and see if people have questions about this. Natasha says, mine is defined. You're in the, in the minority. Christine, I have a defined heart will center and 26.4 uh, with a red line connecting to 44. So this is part of your life purpose then, Christine. If it's red, it's coming from the design column, which I always think of as your life purpose. Natasha, people always say they are amazed how I keep moving forward, even though life is hard. And some say the thymus is connected with the higher heart. It is definitely the higher heart, uh, Christine. And indeed, yes, Natasha, I also have a defined will center. And I know that that is what keeps me going in the face of challenges, in the face of hardships, in the face of, uh, I mean, why else would I stick with my trying to get 1000 subscribers on my YouTube channel for five years? <laughs> right? That's perseverance. That's determination. And some people, some people liken this to stubbornness, right? I have had no small number of people tell me I'm stubborn. And it's not, I'm just determined, right? I'm determined. So you are as well. And remembering that that also means that people in my life are actually borrowing my defined will center, right? So you and I together here this morning, if you have it open, you're borrowing my energy. And as well, uh, for those of you who have it defined, others in your life are borrowing your energy. So is it up to us to tell people to mind their own energy? Well, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Right. So I know that if I get in a group that I can just keep it going and going and going and doing and doing, but I also carry the gate 40. Right. I also have that gate 40 sitting there on that corner that says you need to rest. You need to relax. Right. So uh, I have to balance that myself. Pam's Ruba, duh. <laughs> if only I'd known about the 21 and 40, uh, 21 and 40 years ago, I would have been more understandable. Life would have been more understandable. You know, it's funny. I had a woman tell me this yesterday in a chat thread that we had going that she, I think is in her seventies. And she's like, I wish I'd known this years ago. I would have managed my energy better. And all I can say about that, oops, uh, is that um, things happen in the right timing, right? It, it couldn't have happened any sooner, right? So don't question why you've had to do, if I knew, knew this 40 years ago kind of thing, because that's just creating more negativity for you, right? You don't want to go there. Now, let's talk about uh, the defined heart. What time is it here? I have 15 minutes. Good. So if your heart center is red, if this center is red, as I've colored it in here, then it's defined. And this means that you have consistent access to the energy of will, to the energy uh, that we want to think of as even ego, right? That, that determination to keep going. And you project it outward, right? Defined centers project outward right? It's your, it's broadcasting. And as your own center cycles between periods of work and rest, 
one of the most important things that you need to remember is to take time out for you. Take time to rest. I'm really kind of surprised how many of you out there this morning have access to that center to find. So you have to honor that part of you that needs rest, right? Just because you have access to this energy does not mean you are meant to use it consistently because this energy pulses on and then pulses off, pulses on and then pulses off. Off means rest, right? Um, yes, you could probably push through and keep going and going and going, uh, but that doesn't mean that you should keep enduring and persevering all the time, right? It's useful if you have a project that you have to get finished. Uh, it was useful when we moved into this house and, and there was so much to do. I hadn't moved in many years and, you know, it was like almost overwhelming how much work there was to do. But that center was very useful for me in keeping that going until it was done, right? Moving in until it was done. So you're actually, if you have it defined, projecting willpower out into the world and the people around you in your aura right? They're going to feel like they can do that too. So that leads us to how you use your energy, right? Be mindful that other people cannot be as energetic as you. So if you're working in a group and you want to keep going and going past the midnight hour kind of thing, um, but everybody else is sort of like, you know, looking like they're, they're falling down, you have to be mindful of those people around you, right? That they need rest. And so do you. It's just that you're easier to short circuit that energy. Now, if your heart is white, so it would be white, it would be like that, right? It would look white. Uh, although for everybody right now, if you looked at a transit chart, it would not be. We all have willpower right now, interestingly enough, um, because the sun at 26 is completing that channel, as I said in the beginning here. Um, this means that you have inconsistent access to willpower. Inconsistent because you're receiving and amplifying the energy from others, right? Or right now you're receiving and amplifying that energy due to this transit, the transit of the sun at 26 and the south node at 44. So you are here, we, we always say with a white center, uh, an open center, you're here to become wise about how you use this energy, right? You're here to be uh, become wise about your worth and about your willpower and about when it is that you're forcing yourself to keep going versus when it is that you need rest. Where are you short-circuiting yourself? And some of the questions you might ask yourself is how many times in your life have you said yes to something or said yes to somebody and then regretted it, right? But then you can't backpedal. So yeah, stick with it, even though you knew in the moment that that was a bad news bear thing to do, right? Not a good thing. Um, so undefined hearts, people with uh, the open will center face the challenge of having maybe said yes to prove their worth, to prove that they're worthy to themselves, but also to others. But it's also sometimes because uh, a sense of, I, I need to keep up with everybody else, right? Everybody else is doing and doing and going and going, and I can't. Why not, right? So I will then try to push myself to keep up. Who are you, who are you pleasing in that kind of instance, right? You're not really pleasing yourself or doing what's good for you. You're trying to please people outside of yourself. 
So you have to learn with an open heart center or open will center that your true value is in being, not doing. You're not here to show your worth by doing. You're, it's your being. And in able the ability to honor this keeps your body healthy, keeps your heart in specific healthy. A lot of anxieties start here as well, right? We, we, I often think of anxiety coming from the head centers, right? The, uh, especially the Ajna. Uh, but a lot of anxiety comes here too, and it's the anxiety to prove oneself. And the only way that you can really counteract all of this energy is to know yourself, know your type, know your strategy, know your authority, and live from that. <laughs> not get yourself caught up in what everybody else is doing around you or how everybody else is managing their energy. You're not here to prove yourself to others. You're just not. Um, the lessons in this center for people with it open are uh, many, right? There's a lot. Um, be you, right? That's the, the biggest lesson I think that you can find here. Now, some people have a completely open heart center, meaning you have no gates defined at all other than in transits like we have right now going on. And you um, might feel this energy periodically, but what you're really going to feel is about worth and worthiness. Um, the open heart is vulnerable, very vulnerable uh, of either expressing exaggerated self-worth or uh, no self-worth at all, right? So it can be the huff and puff and bluster of someone who, who feels inferior, but if I act the part, then I, I will have that kind of worth or no worth, depending on the people that you're around. Um, if you have uh, this center undefined, then it's well worth looking at worth, self-worth and your value uh, in your life. So... Um, you might need to, as an undefined heart center, ask yourself before committing your energy to something, am I trying to prove my worth to someone, right? Or what is it that I'm trying to prove to myself or to others? If you have a defined heart, um, ask yourself, do I really have the energy to take this on? Uh, is it time to rest and I'm trying to commit to something of doing uh, in the end, it's all about is the energy of doing correct for you or not, based on how this center as a motor is defined. And again, right now, remember, all of us have it defined. So for the next several days uh, the, through the 14th. So what's that? Oh, I actually have the right calendar up now. So the 14th is on Wednesday. <laughs> I didn't change my calendar from November till December until December 8th or 7th, something like that. I kept looking at the wrong month. Uh, finally, I changed it over. Uh, so all of us right now for this next week literally have access to a lot of willpower. And just because you can does not mean that you have to use it, right? Just because you can. And remember, it's going to go away. It's going to go away. And then you might feel like a lead balloon, right? That somehow your energy just popped. That you, like, where did all that that excitement, that 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 perseverance go, right? Where did that endurance go? So be very careful that you don't overdo it, right? That you don't overuse this energy. JLo says, my two girls who left this year for college, they have the channel also, kind of crazy, yet not. 
um, I really wanted to make sure that we talk about the 26 as well, because integrity is the energy at that gate. But what is integrity, right? Um, it's really about being true to yourself, right? We think of integrity as something that we do, a face that we show to the outer world, but really it starts from within. It really begins with being worthy enough to be in your own integrity, to do and be what's right for you. So if you've committed yourself to something erroneously, right, or because, you know, right afterwards you go, oh, no, then you have to be willing to call it back. You have to be willing to say to the other person, I'm so sorry, I committed myself to this. And it it's just not right for me at this time. But that all begins in the beginning, right, with you knowing whether something is correct for you or not, right? Being in your truth, being in your integrity, and then that makes you a, a, in your integrity as a part of a group, right? Or a part of a family or a part of a, a workforce. Oh, okay, questions, comments, was this helpful? Is this something you'd like to see me do more often? Uh, as different gates get activated in different centers, is it worthwhile? I noticed listenership fell off, so I wonder if that's boring to some of you or is that just over people's heads? Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, and let's pull a card before the, the session is over today so that we, I'm gonna pull an animal card. I really like the animal cards. You guys know I like the animal cards, but then I'm also gonna pull a wisdom of the Oracle card. So let's look at animal first. Remember uh, earlier in the week we had groundhog and uh, that was an interesting card. Uh, all right, Pam, I'll pull a card for you. I think I have a couple minutes extra here. Um, maybe we'll just say that the wisdom of the Oracle card is for you as well as all of us. Ooh, we get parrot spirit. <laughs> parrot spirit says, watch your words watch your words. It's so interesting because parrot is card number 45. And it is at gate 45 that the earth is sitting, right? The sun is sitting at 26 on the wheel center. The earth is sitting at the gate 45 on the throat center. So then we get card 45. Watch your words. I think we've had this one before, but I'm going to read it anyway. I don't think we've had it recently, by the way, either. And it came out right side up. So it says, what are you saying to yourself? What message are you repeating? Is it something that makes you feel good about yourself and reminds you of your strengths and potential? Parrots mimic the sounds around them. And when parrot spirit appears, it is time to be more mindful of your self-talk and its qualities. What do you say to others? Are you repeating what you truly believe? I think that brings up integrity for sure. Remembering to speak with light and love can become a habit. Be generous with compliments and thanks, affirming all that is good so that your loving, healing words will be heard throughout the jungle, cutting through the noise and inspiring others. Listen for the words that remind you of all the strength, abundance, and joy in your life and in the world around you, and then repeat them, affirming what is real, true, and nurturing to the soul. The universe will reflect back to you the story you tell. Words matter, so choose ones that lift you up and inspire others to remember the beauty around us. It's a good message for all of us. Parrot spirit. Love it, love it, love it. Look at how pretty, too, right? 
same colors as my little hummingbird up there. Uh, okay, so Pam Zaruba, the wisdom of the oracle. This card apparently is going to be for you, but all of us are together here this morning. So any of the cards that come up are really messages for all of us. So, whoa, this one just jumped to the sea. Card number seven. And we see a little fairy, maybe a little mermaid in a boat on the water to the sea. So let's see what that's seven makes it think me think it's going to be fairly spiritual in nature. And it says, and it came out upright, so it's an upright message. The essential meaning of the card says being in flow, returning to source, recognizing how pieces fit together, and a natural pattern of events. You know, there's uh, the potential for all of us to tap into the patterning right now because the south node at gate 44 in traditional human design gate 44 is called the gate of patterns and it's about the ability to read sort of the patterns that are happening and then to predict an outcome based on that all right so here's your message pam it says isn't it wonderful when you feel yourself in the flow of life when events and conditions seem to engage you in a way that is fluid and effortless this card reminds you that going with the flow is exactly what you need to do right now Ride the wave of opportunity formed by perfect conditions. Allow trust and faith to guide you forward as you flow like a river into the sea of life. If we relate this to relationships in your life, it says there are points in a relationship when you have to decide to go with the flow rather than dictate the course you share with another. Can you let go of the need to have things your way and allow the relationship itself, your combined goals and desires, to steer the ship? Can you both transcend your personalities and allow the partnership to form its own identity, its own energy? Now is the time to relax and see where this mutual journey leads. To the sea, to the sea. It also sounds very Venus and Capricorn, right? Venus and Capricorn, a message for you perhaps there. All right. That's it for me today, you guys. Thanks so much. Don't forget, you still have time to get your ticket to the Astrology of 2023. Almost, I think every one of you so far that have purchased has already gotten your Astrology of 2023 report. And I bet you're by now noticing it's over 100 pages of you, all about you. And of course, that's a free gift that you receive for signing up for the workshop. You can do that by going to my website, www.living-astrology.com, scrolling down a couple of, uh, a little bit down the page, and you'll see it's right there, Astrology of 2023. All right, you guys, have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. Bye.